Welcome to Morning Coffee and Mimosas. I'm Christina. And I'm Joe. We are a father-daughter duo. We come here Sunday mornings, but you can come here anytime you please. We banter about life, about business, and we do it over coffee and mimosas. And we actually do do this over coffee and mimosas. <laughs> oh, well, good morning, Dad. Good morning. Good morning, listeners. Yes. This morning, actually, we got a little carried away with ourselves, and we may not be responsible for anything we say <laughs> from here on out, because the coffee and mimosas were followed by Manhattans. <laughs> well, not Manhattans, plural. You had one well, and I had one. Well, you had one and I had one. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think probably later that's I'm going to regret that. Because you probably will. Yeah. You're supposed to start with liquor and not, you know, usually they say like have the champagne after. Well, I mean, I think you, that's you had the a nice rule. breakfast though. So you had food in your stomach. So I'm not good. talking about that. They say, oh. what is it? Um, beer before liquor, never been sicker. Well, I had, Liquor before beer in the bre- clear. I had breakfast. And I'm pretty sure uh, champagne kind of falls in the malt <laughs> that, beverage category. That, that's your problem, pal, because I had breakfast and I had coffee and then I had a nice bourbon Manhattan. So yeah, so it's just me. It was you that had the mimosa. I mixed. Yes, you did. The cardinal rule is That's do correct. not mix. Yes, but listeners, she's not going I just like anywhere. Variety for hours, so she's not going to be driving for a long time. That's true. Yes, that's true. Yeah. We have lots of work to do at Morning <laughs> Coffee do. and Mimosas headquarters today. <laughs> at, at the world headquarters of Morning Coffee and Mimosas. <laughs> but anyway, listeners, bear with us because yes. if we're if, if it's a, li- a little bit more stream of consciousness or stream of unconsciousness than usual, that's why. <laughs> yeah, but it won't be my problem. Next. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So, anyway, Christina, what are we talking about today? What are we talking about but today? But actually, wait, you had a listener wrote, wrote in, didn't you? Like well, we, we did. So tell me about well, that. Well, so good point, Dad. Actually, we had more. We are really enjoying the listener feedback. We got a really nice text from our listener, Alyssa, who is a teacher and sent me actually how she has been embracing the Eisenhower matrix that we talked about in Dad, run it back. What episode number was that? Uh, I think that was 54. 54. 54-ish listeners. So if you scroll back into the, you know, the arsenal. Don't ask (laughs) me those questions like that. It's somewhere after 50 and somewhere before 56 (laughs) (laughs) or 57 as we're on today. So somewhere between 50 and 57, we talked about something called the Eisenhower matrix, which was basically a way to prioritize and work through your to-do list in a little bit of a different manner. And it was so cool because she actually sent what that looked like in her world, you know, between lesson planning and thought leadership and education, continuing ed and things like that. So um, thank you, Alyssa, for the awesome feedback. And hopefully other people are enjoying that as well. I know I am. I still use that in the breaking down of individual items. It's super helpful. It's really excellent. It's excellent. Yeah. Super yeah. helpful. So anyway, Good. more Good. fun. And hopefully uh, Jim, who, you know, we gave you 30 minutes last week. So we'd like an updated calorie count. Yes. Yeah, so listener Jim, <coughs> I think it's I think it's very funny how Alyssa actually used the topic 
to improve herself. <laughs> and Jim used the topic to exercise, even though we weren't talking about exercise. Well, I talk we about love exercise. You, both. you never talk about no, exercise. I never talk about Dad. exercise. So we love you both. So thank you. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So listeners keep sending us feedback. We love yep. it. It gives us lots of sometimes the feedback spurs new ideas for topics. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we said last week, if you have ideas, things that you want to cover, let us know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, what are we going to talk about today? I think we have a pretty cool episode because we have just embraced a new season, right? We are officially in spring now, which is exciting. If you're Mm -hmm. somebody like me who loves sunshine, warm weather, and the opportunity for pool days, I cheer every time the spring comes back. (laughs) Right. Well, it's here. So it is now spring. We have a change of season. And as we continue down our series on managing change, we are now getting to a really important part. So the first episode that we did was really about how do you manage change within yourself, right? When you identify something, maybe it's a habit or something that you want to change. Maybe it's just something that you want to do personally, right? A promotion, something that you want to personally do. Last week, we talked about how do you personally manage external change that happens to you, right? So change of seasons in life and situations and things like that. Right. This week, we're going to kind of break it down a little bit further to say, we've talked a lot about how you personally manage different changes, but what about when there's that change that you recognize that has to happen and now you have to influence change in others. Right. So this week, we're going to kind of talk about, as we continue the series on change management, now how do you help to influence that change in others? Maybe in an organization that you work for, maybe in a friend, family member, you name it. That's good. So this is more important. When I say more important, it's more complex. Of course, you think this is more important. You're you like, know. you know what? It's a lot more important to help others manage change than to change yourself. Is that what you're <laughs> saying, Dad? <laughs> You're putting it all off on other people? (laughs) The owner of the Carvel when I was in high school was kind of uh, yelling at me because I hadn't properly done the cleaning the night before or something when I came back in from my day at school. And I happened to stupidly say something like, which wasn't like I said, but the other night when I came in and he had closed, he hadn't done it either. And he said to me, don't you ever do as I do, do as I say. <laughs> <laughs> do as I say, not as I so do. I, I learned the opposite of the <laughs> of the wise, do as I, you know, be an example. You know, mm-hmm. he was like, no, no, you just do as I tell you to do. Don't, don't ever look at what I do. So. so you got very poor training early on in life. That's right. And now we have this podcast to try and break <laughs> bad habits That's that were correct. learned early on. <laughs> That's why I'm doing this. I, every episode is for me. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. We are but, very uh, much in, enjoying this growth experience <laughs> right, right along with all of you. <laughs> right. But many of us manage other people. Or if you run a family, you have children and so on. Or in your uh, case, if or, a family runs you. Or a family runs me. But when we when change has to happen, this is difficult now to get everybody on the same page and get everybody going in the same way. And it introduces, we spoke about why we personally resist change potentially fear of the unknown fear of loss my my routine is going to change right well what about if you manage people well and i think the building blocks of what we've talked Mm -hmm. about over the last couple of weeks are important because in order for you i think one of the first parts of 
being able to influence and that change in other people is understanding why people are apprehensive to change. Right. So when we were talking about how do you ma- manage the change within yourself, mm-hmm. you need to want it, right? Well, in a situation where you are needing to influence change in other people, it's not always the case that other people want the change, Most right? Most of the time, <laughs> they don't want it or care about it. Right. You know, so you might, it might even be a great change. Like, we're, you know, the company or your department is going to do X, and the, your employees are like, eh. Right. <laughs> right. So it, it presents this whole other, like, this whole other dimension mm-hmm. where how do you counteract something where you can't force somebody to maybe want something deeply to the point where they just are compelled do to it. change, right? right? Or just right. do it. And, Sometimes you don't have complete control of the external factors. Mm-hmm. So there's things happening from all aspects. So you almost have to strategically think about this. Well, if somebody isn't innately passionate about something, how do you create some kind of incentive that is so strong or some type of an environment that is compelling enough mm-hmm. to make somebody personally engaged and want right. it? Right. Now, this is this is so huge, we can go off on myriad of topics around leadership and and the difference between managing and leader you know being a leader and so on obviously if you are running a department and you're the supervisor you can compel people to do what you need them to do right but that could affect productivity if people really are grudgingly doing it or they're not learning the new system so it's very important in my view to first of all you should know your team know each one of them and there is no monolithic way to handle it you have to kind of understand each member of the team and attempt to appeal to each one in the way that would most impact them so there's a corporate message or a departmental message and then a good leader will kind of run a message to each person and help that person when it comes to change the levels of the five stages of grief that we go through when we are grieving. And very often when there's change in a department or a company, people actually go through some of that. And and such a good point. It really is. And it can even be that we moved your office, you know, something stupid, nothing changed except Mm -hmm. you now have to sit over here. It's amazing what people will... This feng shui is all off. <laughs> exactly. Um, or, you know, these some little things, but then there are big things. So they But could you're be... so right, too, because, and I, I don't mean to take this anywhere. I think yeah, let's follow that. Right. But when you say those stages of grief, you don't know it's going to trigger another person. Right. And sometimes it's something that you think is super stupid or super menial, or mean- super right, or trivial. Yes. Super right. trivial, right? Mm-hmm that is so important to them absolutely very like so important to an individual so like and i think that's where sometimes in leadership and just interpersonal skills in general Mm -hmm. sometimes you know one person says something that they think nothing of another person is incredibly triggered and has a reaction that just doesn't make any sense to the other person Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's because it's triggering those you know like it's a small change can sometimes just be for somebody that is apprehensive to change in general, 
or maybe it's too much change all at once mm-hmm. and they've reached kind of max capacity and right. there's somebody that needs to digest and kind of yeah, and you, and take everybody's, everybody's, I think, process for dealing with change is different. Mm-hmm. So you could throw like one more piece of rice on top of the mountain and the whole thing, you know, explodes no, it's true. <laughs> or collapses and, 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 or I don't know. That doesn't you know, make any sense. That's all right. Everyone. I'm not going to go there. We, we all know where that, what happens when we, when we follow your little uh, things. <laughs> My <that>. analogies <laughs> that make no sense at right. all. But, you know, following this, why you have to know your people to you know whatever best extent you can is also you, you don't even know where people's brains go so like for example that uh, like an office move someone could think oh i'm getting fired like i see what's going to happen i was moved over to here and then i'm out and, and you had no no one's firing anybody you know what i mean like, but they're reading about, into but they're reading into it so making assumptions and correct. things like that now on the five stages of grief the first one is denial so you know when something think about it when something bad happens it the natural reaction is to say it didn't you, you it's unbelievable you you don't believe it so you're putting in this change potentially and i'm not saying everybody will do this but if you are aware of it as a manager or whatever change leader you are realize that people are going to either deny it or ignore it or wish it gone pretend it's not there you got it mm-hmm. so be prepared for that the next stage is anger and i'm not saying everybody's going to go through this but there are these are the general grief stages someone may get angry and lash out may not be to you mm-hmm. maybe at the water cooler maybe on text messages maybe with their family <laughs> maybe with their family okay then the next stage is bargaining you know kind of like trying to convince uh, you yes. and others that are maybe in the organization in your group in your Correct. family that the change isn't a good thing Correct. And that they, there is a better way to be looking at it. Correct. Exactly. And I think with that right. bargaining, right, with any discourse or disagreement or mm-hmm. alternate viewpoint, there's a lot to be learned from it mm-hmm. because sometimes not all change is necessary. Sometimes right. there's unnecessary change and listening to those alternate perspectives, mm-hmm. I think, can help to maybe set the right course if that flavor of change isn't exactly what's needed at the moment (laughs) you're right and and that's where you know we're we're still in the grief stages but and we're not at the solution stage but it brings up a solution which is if you can involve your team in the change early in conversations prepping explaining the rationale getting consensus getting right you could get these opinions which may be fantastic because you know that i'm a firm believer is that the people doing the job pretty much know the answers you know on how to make things better but very often we've talked about this in previous episodes they pretty much think well this is what i'm supposed to do you know christina told me to do this joe told me to do this but they have a better way it's just that nobody asked them Mm-hmm. Right. So to your point, that bargaining, you may learn something positive from it. So involve people in that. Some people could get depressed and just depression can manifest itself in appearing uncaring, aloof, disengaged, dis- disengaged right? You may get pro- some productivity uh, hits on this because people just can't seem to get it together to do their jobs, you know, so you got to watch out for that. And finally, Eventually, obviously, if there's no choice, everyone accepts it and moves on. And now that change becomes the new normal. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the big 
Is the acceptance something somebody's doing begrudgingly or is the acceptance somebody's doing? And I think that's where we want to get people to mm-hmm. is how do we how do we influence change in a way that people embrace it right. rather than people accept it? Right. That's very true. And we're going to we're going to talk about that. And if you think about it, I just want to say one more thing on a conceptual standpoint. If you take life, your job, your family, everything on a line, just draw, you know, continuum, change is the only thing that doesn't change. So the problem is, and we mentioned this last time, the problem is that people draw a line, as you said, fixate, don't fixate on the change. Because I'm older than I was before. I can't Last help week, that. actually. Actually, I am, even this morning. <laughs> um, but you know what I'm saying? Not so sure. A- if you're, are we everyone, wiser than last week? Probably not. No, not really. But, uh, <laughs> but everyone draws a line in the sand and wants to hold on to that point. You know, right. and it's kind of like, and you know, I hate the beach, so I'm going to use it a beach example. But I have a, you have a perfect spot on the beach and everything was great. And then all of a sudden your blanket got wet because the tide is coming up and the tide's coming. And then eventually you got to move your chair. Like you got to go back, right? Right. So yeah, I used a beach example. I'm very impressed. Yeah, it's pretty good. And that's usually my, my cue. He usually uses Get that as, exactly. There. He's like, you know what? We've got to move the, I actually have vivid memories of being at the beach and we would always be there until the tide started coming up. And you would be, every time you saw the water creep like a centimeter closer, you'd be like, we got to go. We got to go. And mom would be like, we'll just move the chair back. We'll just move the towels back. And he, you're like, I wonder if we're going to move everything. And then we're just going to. So I can incorporate these examples and I just, you know. Yeah. Like but I think it's so, a, it's right. so important because sometimes we may have been the person, right? Or we've all talked to people that, and we talked about this last week, but that kind of like have set the line in the stand of the standard that, or maybe it's just their opinion of when things were good, Mm -hmm. right? It might've been the best year in their career, might've been, you know. You don't remember the bad stuff. You just remember. And you remember when you were maybe on top Mm -hmm. or, you know, you had some of your best achievements, shining moments, Mm -hmm. you know. If you've ever talked to somebody, there, there's people who will refer back to what's worked, not necessarily giving credit to you know everything else that has changed mm-hmm. around them in the environment. So you know you can say what worked really well at one point in time, but like as you talk about that continuum, you as a person are probably not the same person that you were at exactly. that point in time. Right. The environment around you is p- probably very different than mm-hmm. that point in time. Everything. So s- with with change being the constant, mm-hmm. I think it's also like challenging the people that we're working with to kind of like check their perspective a little bit because it's very right. easy for people to, as they're going through the deny, you know, the stages of mm-hmm. grief in dealing with the change and maybe bargaining and all of that sometimes that bargaining if you're listening for cues it's challenging that to say like i understand things worked really well in that way at that point in time but like plant that to where you are today and like look at all the things that are different yeah and we can't continue to operate that way so we have to do this you know right so let's go over how how we do this how would we you know help work with our our teams and one would be the first, or I'm, and I'm, I'm not saying first step, second step. These are things you should do, but no. But I think, I to, mean, I do think in this case mm-hmm. there is some order to what okay. has to happen in right. in some cases because I think the most important thing is in order to influence change, you need to understand it. Right. 
So we have to understand, that's step one then, all right? We'll, we'll go that way, is understand the change. So we have to sell that. We have to explain it. You let people know about it and help them to understand why we have to do whatever it is that we have to change. And understand people's personal motivators mm -hmm. and help them to understand the why. Yes. I think that's the biggest thing. Right. Like get the buy-in. Yeah, exactly. Then you need to plan the change. And so this is like to your point, getting the buy-in is getting people involved in the planning of this change. The more we do that, the more you as a manager, a leader, running a family, again, I don't care what we're doing to push this change forward, but the more that you can involve everybody, the far better off you are. Well, and I think that. it's almost like you're listening for feedback at this point because mm -hmm. you don't have the plan charted yet. So right. you, you're stating that, okay, now we recognize that a change has to happen, but we're not sure exactly how we're going to get there. So right. as you're planning for the change, you're listening for feedback. You're taking in that bargaining maybe that's coming from the people that are apprehensive to the mm -hmm. change. Mm -hmm. You're acknowledging it so that everybody right. feels yeah. heard and giving everybody opportunity to be a, a part of the plan to impact the change. And, and it's at that point that you can begin to implement the change and whether that's at whatever stages and so on. And I think a big part of just being able to influence change and change management is like being emotionally intelligent, mm -hmm. really trying to put yourself in somebody else's situation, kind of understanding where they're coming from right? and having a transparent and open environment where... You don't want people to feel like this is like a dictatorship, right? And it's like right. ruling with an iron fist. Sometimes there's change that comes from different places that you have no control over and you just have to accept, right? right. Correct. But I think most change, if it's a, a change that's for the better, is something that can be embraced if it's positioned well, the right and, way. And if you are a good manager and a, a real leader, then you, you make it your priority to handle the change, as you just said, so that we go through these stages. Anybody in a management position can just say, move here, do this, do this, we're now doing that, and order people around. But that is not a leader. Well, and I think, you know, you, know, you mentioned before your boss at Carvel, but a part of it is embodying the change that you want to see too, mm -hmm. practicing what you preach. And I think being honest too. Right. Like there might be certain things I think you can telling stories right like how mm -hmm. do you get people to buy in you you can tell stories you can paint the picture exactly you can share maybe some of the challenges you had with the idea up front because yeah, sometimes or, there's you know you may have been apprehensive right. to the change and you may have changed your perspective based on things you've learned Correct. or an alternate perspective right or you know why why this happens so and then communicate it and communicate it well and communicate it and then just continue to manage the change so I think if you do these, if people do these steps and understand this, you can successfully, more often than not, make the changes that you need to make in your department, in your company, in your team, whatever that is. One of the things, like, as we talk about communicating the change, mm -hmm. I think this is an area where a lot of change management fails. And it's something that I'm always working on. Like, how do you be a better, more proactive communicator right. and think through because sometimes it, you think about like maybe the continuum and who's the main person impacted, right? 
But there's probably like, and I think this is a good best practice is to with any situation or any change, if you were to like kind of map out all of the people that are potentially impacted or that need to be potentially considered Mm -hmm. and then put together kind of a communication plan that's a little bit more broad than maybe just, you know, the immediate people that are um, exactly. That are involved, I guess, yeah. immediately involved. True. Something that that I've been thinking about, I guess. Yeah. Very good. Now, Very good. Dad, as you have done this in your career, and there's probably, I think, communicating change is probably not that different from when they look at, you know, marketing messages and how many times a client oh, or customer needs to see something before they fully embrace it. Right. What is that? I, because I think sometimes that's another area that we fail. We communicate something once and then it's like the box is checked and we've done the thing, but yeah. people haven't necessarily like digested that change. <laughs> Maybe they yeah. haven't even I seen to- it. <laughs> I, I, I told you that on uh, X date three weeks from now, your desk is being moved and then no no further thing. And then all of a sudden you come in one day and... You your know, desk is moved. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's IT and uh, facilities, you know, moving your stuff around and you're like, you know, upset. Yeah. I'm just using that silly thing of the desk, but not so silly, actually. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, that's something that I try and remind myself. Over-communicate, and sometimes I think that's why sometimes, you know, we all tend to get frustrated when someone Mm -hmm. repeats something over and over again, but that's part of the only way that people recognize the level of priority it is and keep it top of mind and in the forefront of their priorities and thinking as well. Also, remember these stages, you know, if you are in denial... And you only heard it once. You're hoping it goes away. It goes away. <laughs> right. It, it went away. I guess it's not happening. Yeah. If no one bothers me about it again, then it's probably... I think we're okay. Right. Yeah. Part of my, my old thing about procrastinating. Like sometimes <laughs> I procrastinate and... And then it goes away. It went away. I didn't have to do it. So you're... Yeah. So I mean, I think that's a good <laughs> no, point too, true. is you have to kind of keep letting people know that, no, this change is still... This is still some... This is a change that's happening. Yes. And, and that process, to your point, helps people... Get comfortable, get it, make it normal, make it, you know, whatever. Yeah, and I think part of the communication of the change is also Mm. understanding like what kind of training gaps might exist when you're getting feedback from people. What do people, maybe what do people need in order to feel more prepared for the change? Well, and that would be right in the plan, to your point, it may may be that it, you know, even if nothing was changing as far as them needing training, but maybe they will need some training around something, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, very good. And then reward that incentive. Exactly. And I love just take people out, you know, bring food. Yeah, my in. dad's incentive is always <laughs> food. Is always take them to lunch. Food. Buy them dinner. Yeah. Food. Make them a Manhattan. Food. <laughs> <laughs> Could be inappropriate With at times. Two cherries. No. <laughs> <laughs> With two cherries. Very good. This was this was very good. So listeners, I hope you you got something from this. And uh play it a couple of times and, and share it with whoever you you can to help this message go out there, right? Sure, Dad. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we really do appreciate you guys. You I know, was trying to keep on the repetition. If you thing. if <laughs> you like if you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button, share it with a friend, leave us a review. We are gonna do a, a giveaway soon. And I know we've been saying this, but um, tune into our social media. We're gonna be doing a giveaway. So if you write us a review, screenshot your review and send it in. You can send it in our website. You can DM us on our Instagram, Facebook, whatever you prefer. 
can send us a text message if you happen to have our numbers. We will be doing a drawing and we'll be selecting three of our listeners to send a morning coffee and mimosas mug and some of Joe's special coffee beans. So there you go. The private selection is going to be revealed. Um, That's right. So yeah. So anyway, listeners, Very share good. with a friend, subscribe, like, and I swear we'll we'll stop peddling our wares here and <laughs> begging for reviews. But we figured, you know what? To manage change, we mm-hmm. need an incentive. There you go. And you know, people mm-hmm. aren't just gonna write reviews because we ask for it. But maybe if we provide them a vessel to drink their coffee in the morning and a bean to make it, it fits, better, it fits with me saying food is a you know motivator. So it is a motivator. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good job. Thanks, Dad. (laughs) You did okay, too. Wherever you are, whatever your story, thanks for spending time with us this morning. Now, go and make a difference in your world. Now I'm hungry again after that food thing. The food? Oh, talking about food? (laughs) That's the food thing? (laughs) Made me hungry. What do you want to say? You basically only have to say food and you're hungry. That's it. Thank you all for listening so much. Bye, everybody. Have a great week.